right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Ride Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I will be as presented by CarParts.com. And man, doesn't get any better than this today because we got the man behind CarParts.com. Join us here on the podcast. And now a lot of people just know them as kind of like a great resource to find parts. Get them delivered right to your back door, shop door, front door, wherever. And as long as you're not a dumb dumb, you know the year making model, you can pretty much figure it out. <laughs> Uh, it really is that mobile experience is simple and easy. Uh, we've I've used them a lot. I do a program called Cars for Christmas, and Kevin, we talked before about this on the podcast. I I buy cars. I've got probably 25, 30 of them right now. Uh, plan to buy probably another 20, 25, uh, and I give cars away to needy families around Christmas time, which is one of the things I've done now for 15, 18 years. Well, man, I was such um, I was overwhelmed with relief when we partnered up with these guys because man they really do make getting those parts a lot easier and that whole mechanism that's become in the last number of years somewhat challenging to say the least oh i tell you man if there's anybody on this planet that i know that knows about you know having to order a bunch of different parts for a bunch of different cars that's you right (laughs) i mean just walk us through it like that's 50 you know that's 50 what's your record so far number of cars Uh, I gave away two years ago. Last year during the pandemic, uh, I could only afford about 34 cars. The year before that, I gave away 74. So that's the record. And the year before that, I gave away 70. So, you know. Yeah. So so try to manage as a, as a single dude with a couple friends trying to help you out, trying to move 70-some cars through your home garage, <laughs> right? So you know what it means to have to be going to the parts store for this and this and keep track of it all like Ugh. so when you talk about making things simple easy and i know you're talking about value too because right you can't be just spending your whole bank you know as as awesome as it is to help other people at some point you got to think about you know what it's doing to your yeah. bottom line so i'd say you're kind of you know, my local <laughs> expert on... Uh, well, you know, <laughs> it, I don't know why. Maybe it's the guy behind the counter doesn't focus and he's too busy texting his girlfriend or whatever the deal is. But in the last number of years, using a local car part, you know, place as as the resources got really difficult because, you know, maybe it's because so many cars use different varying parts and different makes and models depending on where it came from, this, that, the other. But we're always getting the wrong part. You know, we're always having to roll back to get the wrong part. Uh, and that's why I was I was super excited to find these guys because, you know, at the same time, you know, nowadays, uh, a lot of the times you don't, you don't, you're not able to get the part. They're like, God, I got to get it. You know, it'll be tomorrow, the next day by two or three in the afternoon, blah, 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 blah. So at the same time, you can just go online, 
right? Carparts.com. You do, you know, the year make and model. You do the search. You drop in the part. And, man, they have all kinds to choose from. Um, they have the really high-end stuff. They have, you know, pictures of it. They have everything you basically need right there to get it dropped right to your back door, which makes it just, just a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> just massive amount easier. We got the man behind it because on the front side, we see, we, we see parts. They come to our door, uh, great quality stuff, and, and it makes it nice and simple. We save some money. On the back side, there's a giant industry, right? There's a, a whole aftermarket because these guys have everything from collision, mechanical, maintenance stuff, accessories. Uh, right? They're, they're having to sort of, let's say, chase the newest technology, the newest vehicles, what the OEMs are doing. They got to be prepared with these parts when we need them, right? There's all kinds of, uh, and I'm sure behind the scenes on, you know, we're talking about shortages of all kinds of things from chips to build new cars. Oh, man. You know, steel prices are crazy. So, I mean, there's a million things that we don't think about going behind the scenes. Uh, and, and like I said, just chasing what the new technology is in vehicles, what it means for us a few years down the road, you know, how do we repair them either from a professional shop, uh, from the DIY perspective. So I'm pretty excited to get a lot of insight. We've got Dave Morris. He's the CMO of carparts.com. This guy's got over 30 years in the industry, spent a lot of time in the collision side of the business, uh, the other half of his career in the mechanical side of the business. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting conversation to pick his brain and and see what's going on in the world outside of just the little simple view that we get, right? If you listen to this podcast, you completely understand how difficult it is nowadays to get parts. You're completely aware. There is no doubt. And here's a guy that can kind of break it down, maybe explain some of the ins and outs of what we're dealing with nowadays. And not only that, this guy's a car dude. Car dude, like legit. Wait till you. He's got over 30, 40 car restorations under his own belt. I mean, that's, dude, that is getting busy, man. Man, he's kind of putting me to shame over there. <laughs> he's going to take my job. <laughs> I don't think you have anything Jeez. to worry about, man. Mine, however, yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll be back in just a minute with Dave Morris, the man behind CarParts.com, and we're going to get a lot of answers to a lot of questions. We're back after the break on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, and it is presented by this guy, <laughs> uh, Dave Morris of CarParts.com. Now, Really, we love having this partnership on the TV show, but just in life, for every car guy out there, you got to get that place you can count on, right, for quality parts. And my friends, this is no joke. They won me over, I think I said in a prior podcast, they won me over, not at Christmas time, right, when I was ordering all the parts. I thought they were great then. Here's when they won me over, when they were actually able to drop to my driveway at my shop door two roll-up, like, window motors for a 1970 Plymouth Roadrunner. Now, you can't find those. Those are really difficult to get. They had them and dropped them right to my door. I was like, thank you, five-pound, four-ounce baby Jesus. Uh, amen. <laughs> All right, first question. Dave, how'd you do it? How did you get those motors and get them to Willie's door? Because he couldn't find them anywhere else. What, what's going on, man? What magic system do you guys have over there? First, listen, well, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, the truth is, is every order of carparts.com comes to my desk, and I personally call the manufacturer <laughs> and have it shipped to your house. I'm, nice. I'm just joking. But <laughs> the, the, the reality is, 
is we're very unique. And I think that what happens is that that people get a little bit confused of what 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 buying anything is, right? You know, when you go to that local retailer, you know the AutoZone advance and so on, but the internet can be crazy, right? You know, there's all kinds of things out there. You know, the one difference that we do is we're a very analytical company, meaning we have vehicle experts and you talk about you know vehicle building when i first got in this business 30 years ago i delivered body parts to body shops and worked free on a weekend to learn how to hang the parts i was just you know early 20s and that's how i mean that's how i started delivering parts to body shops and fixing cars on the weekends um but and that's kind of what's happened over the years when when, when you look at the supply side of it the internet's kind of like this hidden world of who do i go to is this a, you know is this a company or is it just a brand that Set, you know, drop ship stuff places, right? So when you look at the automotive car parts arena, when you take out the biggest like retail brands, almost 60 to 70% of it is, is drop shipped from a third party warehouse. That's the major difference is at carparts.com. We know how many vehicles are in our operation. We know by zip code, we know that the failure rate per SKU per product is X percentage based on the year make model of the vehicle. And we have those failure rates for the nation. We take that data, we use our global supply chain, and we fill the needs of the VIO in the market, regardless of being a, here's everything you can imagine, auto parts. Like, it makes no sense for me to show a customer 20 different types of flavors of brakes when the flavor I sell is the premium in the marketplace today, or it's the highest of, let's say, what the newest technology. An example is we don't sell brakes with copper in them. You know, we don't want to sell brakes that make your car slow down slower. So maybe, you know, in the end of the day, it doesn't make sense in the auto parts world to be out there trying to really be the cheapest guy. But I can tell you what, because of our savings and supply chain and direct distribution, we're definitely the most value based guy for the best brand you want, let's say. But in the end of the day, we're the ones handling it. So if you need a hood, a bumper, a rebar, a condenser, a compressor, a set of brakes, it's not being shipped from five different WD warehouses across the country. It's all coming from me out of one of our DCs that's the closest to you. That's the major difference. Um, you know, we are a direct importer. We, we not only import globally, we also buy from most of your direct brands across the nation from, you know, premium brands that we partner with. We just don't buy from them. We stock their parts. We try to get them on shows like you, right? We work with our partners. We work with this. I kind of look at it, we're an extremely good marketing company with a great supply chain. And I'm just lucky to kind of be able to deal with all the parts and figure out how to get them through the supply chain. And luckily the marketing department knows how to put it online and, and hopefully people find it and buy it, which obviously, Willie, you've been able to figure that out. So it can't be that hard, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, so, you know, you said supply chain. Explain that a little bit because nowadays that supply chain seems to be well, there's a lot of stress. There's, you know, a lot of people having a lot of issues in the supply chain for everything. Before you came on, Kevin and I were talking about how how expensive steel had gotten. Just buying a, you know, inch and a half stock steel tubing. It's crazy how much that's gone through the roof. Uh, and just getting it is tough nowadays. What are you seeing on your end compared to what everybody is feeling out here, you know, in the world? You know, it, it's an interesting, um, you know, the, the, the real word is J-I-T. That's what it is. It's J-I-T. So about 30 years ago, our country started the the down the road of just-in-time inventory supply chain. Yeah, like he's saying, it, it means that you're trying to have as little inventory as possible 
and everything shows up from wherever you're getting it from just in time for you to ship it to somebody else. You got but that means there's very little supply there uh, for a situation like this. So how are you guys handling that? Well, I guess we're lucky. You know, if, if you know, I come from a very, very big retailer and service organization in my past as well. And, you know, if I wanted to change a supplier, it's a nine month to 12 month ordeal. I've got 1900 locations. I've got parts in every one of those locations. If I'm changing suppliers because they're not supplying me, it's a nightmare. I got to figure out how to get all of that out of there. New parts. In, I mean, it's, it's, it's virtually impossible to pivot the bigger you get. Mm. Yeah. With us, and, and it's kind of fun for me, I guess, because I can sit back in our national DCs. I don't have to worry about all these retail stores. I got to pull all the inventory, make sure you got the right thing in your market, in this market, in small little 9,000 square foot boxes sitting across the country. Right. What I can do yeah. is take my 100,000 plus, you know, 250, 300, you know, uh, uh, DCs with, you know, we have over a million square feet across the nation. I only got to pivot there. So believe it or not, when, when, the, when, when COVID started, I was in China. And in Asia, the day before they shut it down and flew back to America, working with my manufacturers, trying to figure out what the next six months is going to be in supply. Um, we made a lot of pivots. I moved products from, from Asia to, to, to South America, to Europe, to America if I can. You know, the reality is, is that, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, we don't have a manufacturing base in a lot of cases to supply these parts. And it just exists, right? You know, so 96% of every brake rotor in America is made in Asia. So that supply chain inefficiency, because we've allowed that to happen over the years, we've never kind of built the infrastructure ourselves to be that part. You know, we're, we're, we're busy making more expensive things, you know, uh, uh, computer chips, which we're lacking right now, right? <laughs> we're good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're not making those. <laughs> yeah, on that note, I mean, so from the supply chain side, uh, you know, you've got the raw materials and you've got every step in between getting it into a box to get to us. What are you seeing as some of the biggest hurdles like chips? You know, I'm talking to my neighbor here earlier today and he works at one of the plants. I'm up here in Detroit and, you know, they're they got sent home because they didn't have enough chips to build new cars. So, you know, that's got to be in the same kind of wheelhouse uh, you know, building supplies uh, for the aftermarket. So what do you see as some of the big you know, gaps in the supply chain coming down the road. What should we be expecting here in the next couple, six months? And then do you see light at the end of the tunnel? Is this just a little blip and everything's just got to get turned back on and and we go? Or is this sort of a long-term kind of problem? You know, it's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think if you if, if you think and talk about the automotive supply chain and who drives the revenue, it's, it's do it for me, right? It's shops, you know? You know, there's 270,000 independent shops across the country. That, that's who drives the major volume. It's a $300 billion business in America, aftermarket auto parts. Now, the retail side of that is, you know, 10 to, I think it's 25, 30% of the overall market, right? So when you take a look at 2020 with COVID, the, the, the shops themselves for three to four months pretty much shut down or slowed down. Their supply comes from a, a, a warehouse distributor somewhere who all business went down last year. I think the, the, the net, the, the market net uh, numbers is anywhere from, you know, 20 to 40% decrease in commercial business last year. So all those commercial suppliers with all these warehouses across the country reduced their purchasing based on JIT because their sales came down. Well, retail went up, you know, we, we've, we had a, a spike of retail, other retailers had a spike. So at the same time, we purchased that demand the installer WD market had slowed down on. 
So come to where you come into 2021, the first quarter of this year, everybody's like, holy crap, there's a vaccination. I got to get these parts in. And then it became a tripling effect, right? It became, there's a shortage of raw material. There's a shortage of containers. There's a container stuck in the Panama Canal, right? All of these <laughs> things are like, you know, trailing effects. And I've always said, you know, since I've, I've you know, since I've been in this business, he who has all the parts probably going to win. And as, you know, in charge of merchandising, my job is, the, you know, part of my job is forecasting, creating the right brands to partner with that's going to have the best supply chain that can supply me. We're not, we're not sitting at the table with suppliers talking about how can I supply cheaper parts to my customers? It's how can I su supply the best premium product at the most value position possible? And that's really all supply chain savings costs. So when you think about the traditional supply of auto parts, it's five steps. It comes from the manufacturer to a national DC that goes to a satellite DC that goes to a local store that goes to a shop or a consumer. I get all of our product comes from the direct source that goes to our stock, not just the brand, the factory in some cases behind the brand. Um, in my past, you know, I, I worked with a lot of these factories across you know, the globe dealing with you know, a, 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 the same type of supply chain, but a lot more complicated. I had all those national DCs and satellite DCs, and I had to figure out how to get all of it. Truthfully, don't tell my boss this, but dealing in this environment on a national basis, the way we do it, honestly, it's a little easier. It's a lot easier for me to pivot in that supply and demand. And what we did is we started going through all of the numbers and in probably in the first quarter of last year, as supply was running down from direct, we started sucking up domestic supply because we knew it would run out. And that's kind of where we're sitting today. We're sitting pretty pretty from an inventory position. We're very happy. We pivoted at the right times. And uh, um, yeah, we'll continue to uh, 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 keep our comps right because we have the right parts for what people want. And obviously at the right price and on time delivery. So what I'm hearing is if you need some car parts and you can't find them, you guys got them, so you know where to go. Well, they're the ones that bought them all. <laughs> Smart on his part. Man, <laughs> I like these guys. We did open two DCs last year, and we had to put parts in them. Yeah. Okay. So for the most part, then, uh, anybody that's expecting to you know, repair their car, get parts, et cetera, um, they're not going to be feeling as much of the pain, like going through carparts.com specifically, like they might be elsewhere in the you know, in the global environment here, the global market? You know, if, if the, the good thing about us is if you go to our website and you see it, it's in stock, it shows you, there it is. It's not a, hey, I can get it in. Hey, yeah, let me call my uh, distributor and he'll bring it in later today for me. You know, there's, there's, there's no leak in supply chain. You go to the website, you see the part, you put, you put your shopping cart, it's coming to you. Now, sometimes I can't, you know, I can't fix uh, the, the, the global delivery system and how that gets behind now and then. But at the end of the day, Without a doubt, if you see it, you buy it, you know, we're going to ship it to you and it's going to come from our inventory and you can be guaranteed that if it came from our inventory, it came from the source. Now, do you see, uh, you know, kind of an easing at some point in the future? I mean, are you able to, you know, work with your you know, manufacturing suppliers and understand the raw materials and, and all those steps that you talked about to get the parts to, you know, to us as the end user? Are you able to see that uh, a lot of these stresses kind of going away at some point? I mean, is things going to just kind of ramp up nicely or is there going to be bumps and bruises and pitfalls here for sort of a longer term? You know, it, it, I, I think they're going to continue to be 
the bumps and bruises is, is definitely going to continue for a little bit, depending on what part of the world you're doing business in. You know, if you're um, it, 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 this environment for a guy like me who, who look, I'm a supply chain guy. I mean, that's what I do. Um, I just have you know relationships with manufacturers for the 30 years I've been messing around in this. But the reality is that for us, we're a global supply. So as supply changes from one point of country origin, I, you know, we can move it to another. We moved some of our biggest category manufacturing out of Asia to Europe last year. Now, that doesn't always mean I'm, you know, it's, 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 it's the um, uh, uh, number one best, let's say, uh, uh, price. But, you know, in some cases with the global supply chain and the need of product, as these constraints come on, you know, as these put their head out, the companies that aren't lean enough to pivot and make those choices and, you know, have a global supply chain that are, that are living off the back end of somebody else, hopefully they know how to forecast. I feel very comfortable in my position because, you know, I can actually, I hope it gets a little bit more complicated for me. Ah, there you go, man. I kind of enjoy it. Smart attack plan. All right. So look, we got to take a break. There's some some supplies that a lot of people are leaning on this time of year. Think about, you know, people driving around. I read this stat the other day where the average car is now 11 or 12 years uh, old on the road. And that's just the average car, let alone people like me and Kevin who like even older cars. Um, let's talk about some of those. For example, you know, summer months. You know, this is the first official week of summer, and it is hot where I'm at. When we get back, how about you explain a little bit about how to cool your car, cool your ride off with us on the Two Guys Garage podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're back in just a minute right after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com, the man with CarParts.com. He joins us now on the podcast. Dave Morris, you got to tell you, you got to explain a little bit. You kept referring on the first half of the program about your relationships and how you've been in this for 30 plus years you guys we found out a little bit more about Dave when I say he's a legit car guy trust me he is but it's those relationships that supply chain uh and and the fact that like you said you can really change up the game and where you're getting things from where you're getting things to and you know how that arrangement prioritize uh, priorities really come down to pipe. You're a you're definitely a man uh, of many talents when it comes to that logistics, I should say. Without a doubt, yeah. Supply chain is is ninety percent of the game when it comes to having the products. Look, no, no one's going to stop making stuff. You just got to figure out how to get it there when people need it. Yeah. Well, I figure you know we're in this weird time because um, we're thinking about everybody around us. You know, the vaccinations are here. We can get back to work. We can kind of crank things up. We can go back to restaurants. We can do a lot of things that maybe we haven't been able to do for you know the last year. But a lot of the rest of the world might still be under lockdowns and you know huge pandemic type events because you know we were kind of one of the first ones to be able to get vaccinations and out so fast. So so we're kind of ahead of the rest of the world, wondering well, where are you guys? Well, I imagine there's a certain amount of time where they you know they gotta kind of catch up with getting vaccines and getting past this thing to be able to kind of crank up that machinery. So definitely some weird times. So Willie was talking about, uh, you know, going into the break with summer coming up uh, and just the heat, you know, I know my wife's AC just went out, uh, locked up the compressor, the belt started to squeal. So that's, that's one of my big jobs coming up is fixing my AC system or her AC system. So uh, give us some pointers, man. What's coming down the road. I know there's some changes in how, 
systems are designed? What, what can we expect uh, coming down from the future here? You know, we're, we're in, in air conditioning systems right now, in, in the last you know, 10, 15 years, technology's changed a lot, but it's the same names, right? The name, the naming, the, the parts are the same, right? An air conditioning system has a compressor, a condenser, an orifice tube, a receiver dryer, um, uh, and, and, and an expansion valve, right? Um, that's the system. Now, any of those items can fail. You also have a blower that is in the back end blowing the air. You also have a fan that cools your condenser. Any of these things can fail and they can all, all of them can fail. And if one of them fail, it normally becomes a domino. It starts putting pressure on other things, which makes other things fail. So, you know, if I was giving a suggestion to anybody in changes is, you know, if your car's at least the last five years and you're not going to do it yourself, but you're going to have somebody else do it, I would replace the system. Um, I would not, if, if, you know, if the shop says, Hey, your, your compressor is bad. Um, you know, I can change it for this. Well, the reality is the new systems, if your compressor is bad, your condenser more than likely was the first filter of all the junk sitting in your system. And in today's technology, they, you can no longer flush that system, right? The condenser and those things can't be flushed. So it's, it's probably important for the longevity of your vehicle to, you know, to make sure you replace those other ancillary items, which believe it or not, don't cost a tremendous amount more in the whole scheme of things or product. They all have to be touched when you replace any piece of the system, like, you know, because you got to flush it, you got to redo it. And the other suggestion, you know, I would make for yourself is when you're buying or choosing a compressor, this is really important, is make sure it's preloaded with the correct viscosity of PAG oil. Right. Big thing yep. that people don't think, right? You buy a compressor, it's a reman one or something like that. Well, it's got no oil in it. The viscosity of the PAG oil that you put into that compressor is going to be very important because the oil is what pushes the coolant through the system. That's how it works. Every compressor we sell, believe it or not, through the brand GPD that we supply, um, it's preloaded with the correct PAG oil for the year make model of that compressor and vehicle. So it comes sealed and loaded. So you don't have to guess. You don't have to think about it. It's made for a DIY customer to get it, put it in. Don't think about that. Put your system in, flush it, replace the pieces and move on. But, you know, obviously shops like that as well. They just might charge for the oil. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Don't spill it out. Yeah. Right. Right. That, but I was going to say, not everybody does that. Right. Not not everybody drops it like that. Correct. No. We're uh, As a matter of fact, we're the only ones. But it's hard to educate consumers that we've made that extra ch choice, you know, with myself, you know, being in this business a long time and knowing what fails, the number one thing that fails all these systems is lubricant. I mean, that's the number one thing, right, is 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 causes from heat from friction. The lubricant keeps the friction from getting hotter. Right. So in, in the end of the day, a lot of DIY consumers, when we launched our own air conditioning system and chose the partner, we chose the only partner that went to market this way because we felt it was the best service to do our customers rather than making them have to figure that out or think about that. And, and, and it just made more sense for us coming out the gate. Sure, it's a little bit higher, but I think you'll find we're, we're extremely competitive with how we go to market. You just got to put the label on there. Don't turn it upside down and spill it on the floor, dummy. You know? Now it's, yeah, <laughs> don't take the seals off and turn it upside down. Right. It, right. it does have little clips on it to seal the compressor when you get it. Sure. And you approach that same, you approach everything with that same sort of attitude and all right, how am I going to get this to the end consumer uh, where it's going to be the easiest for that person possible and also obviously improve what you're supplying to that consumer? Correct. So, 
you know, a lot of people get, you know, look, I, I'm the CMO, but it's the chief merchandising. So I'm in charge of merchandising. My job is to find the right vendors, figure out the supply chain and who we're going to get it to and work with marketing to figure out how we're going to, you know, promote it. And our motto is we don't sell parts. You go to AutoZone, Advance, or any, any auto parts store in the country, they sell parts. We sell jobs. Very different position to be in. I, I, I don't want to sell you parts. I want to sell you the parts you need for the job so that you're not running back to the shop every 10 minutes because you forgot to buy the brake sensors when you brought your bake pads. Yeah, and I tell you what, you know, we, we all love to get, you know, the, the best deal, the cheapest price, but you, you've said it a couple times, uh, it's about value. Uh, and, and you can get great value at a great price. Um, but but there's value in yeah. some of these extra steps and extra thought processes, et cetera. And uh, I mean, I'll tell you, I for one completely appreciate that because Right. Nobody likes headaches. And and I will pay, you know, whatever the small premium is <laughs> uh, to to avoid those headaches. Like you said, chasing back and forth, uh, not having the right bits and pieces, uh, you know, something like you said, um, you know, I, I'm very aware of the oil that goes in the compressor, but a lot of people aren't. And, you know, even having it already in there just saves me an extra step. Cool. Right. Just one last thing to worry about. It does the job. I mean, one of the biggest examples I give people is, you know, we sell radiators, right? Every radiator has to have the correct coolant put in it. Most people don't know that. You know, they go down the store and they say, hey, I need some coolant. You know, well, coolant is specifically designed for your car. There's different for Hondas, BMWs, Mercedes. You know, they're all different. Mm -hmm. So we actually, if you go to our website, you'll find you buy the radiator. And we actually have the correct OE coolant with that radiator. And you'll probably what? find it's... it's Still no the way. least expensive on the internet compared to anybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. We sell jobs, not parts. Damn, that is cool. Because you got to put the coolant in it, right? Why do you have to buy a radiator for me then go down the road and Absolutely. figure out the right coolant? Get the whole thing. Wow. One time. I was used to saying Ohio. Only handle it once. <laughs> <laughs> Man, could you just take this philosophy and just put it everywhere? Because that's, that's how I want to live, man. So like in old categories, you come to our website, sure, we can we sell control arms, but look, no one changes a control arm. It's connected to a ball joint. It's got, you know, upper and lower tie rod ends. So if you came to our website, sure, you can find that control arm, but you're also going to find a pair of control arms, a pair of control arms with ball joints, a pair of control arms with tie rods, a pair of control arms, tie rods, axles, and hubs if you want. Depends how much of a job you want to do. Yeah. yeah. See, I told you he was a car guy, y'all. That's Jeez. great. So, I mean, if you think about it with that approach, you can obviously see the efficiency and the better end result for that consumer, you know, on the other end. Willie, it is absolutely, we just said it's 100%. Think about it. If I have a car and it's 10 years, 12 years, 15 years old, and I change my left shock, that's like changing your left shoe on brand new Nikes. You're not going to do that. Right. <laughs> so why would any people ever list a front left shock absorber? It makes no sense to me. Right. Right. Because, again, you're not going to replace your left shoe. I mean, your car would drive like this. Oh, it feels really good on the driver's <laughs> side. But the passenger, man, that's a bad ride. Hey, I don't care about my passenger, man. That guy can that guy can eat it. Put your brain a little bit empathy <laughs> with understanding the consumer. I think what we're trying to do isn't as much as as, as we're trying to unconfuse it and help the consumer quickly find the, what they need to, to do the job. Yeah. And you guys really do. When you jump online and you see their mobile experience, you go to the site, carparts.com, uh, the find your part is so much easier there than other sites. Like it, it truly is um, the way they break it down, the way you can go on there and, you know, from radiators to, you know, 
Uh, like you said, suspension components, parts. If you're looking for something body-wise, it's there. If you're looking for suspension parts, cooling parts, systems. You guys break it down in a much easy, navigated type type manner so that on this end, it's easy to find what you're looking for. You know, Willie, I, it's because we were born from the collision industry, right? The company started as a collision parts company. And, and one of the biggest things our, you know, our leadership's working on is making sure we fill the entire in you know everything for every customer, every part they might you know would need to fix their vehicle and get back on the road, um, and because of that 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 idea where it's easy and it's easy to find you know because we've spent so many years on the collision side doing that it's been kind of easy for us to pivot that same mentality into the rest of the product lines and everything that we do, um, and I you know look I, and I think that it's going to continue to be more and more and more and more that way. I mean. Think about other products you're buying like a barbecue, right? You don't buy a barbecue without, you know, the spatula and the little brickets you put inside it and all that. I mean, it's just part of the right? It's it's how you do the job. Yeah, you man. can't make a burger without a spatula, man. You got to do the job. Hey, man, you got to know where to smack it, flip it, mash it, whatever your flavor That's is. That's right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I, and I want to ask you one other thing. What about electric cars? Because obviously this big push and move, pivot towards electric cars, but do they burn up? Parts like, you know, our traditional cars do. What are you guys doing as far as the availability for electric parts? You know, plug-in stuff. We launched our um, EV website here a few months ago, which is electric vehicle and hybrids exclusively. And the reason why we did that is because, again, a very different thing with carparts.com and anybody else is, you know, we're the second largest importer in the nation of collision parts. Second. Second in the country. So being where we're at in that size of space in the collision world and the way we've kind of built up through that and learned that business, it's kind of give us a, a unique position, um, uh, not only from an understanding of the consumer, but from the EV world, the fender's the same, the hood's the same, the bumper's the same, the headlight's the same, the tail lamp's the same. Guess what? The suspension's the same. The brakes are the same. There's still air conditioning in an electric car, and it's not coming from a motor under the seat. <laughs> it's coming from a compressor, a condenser. You know, just because you have electric propulsion doesn't mean pretty much what you're removing is the ice components of the engine and the fuel system, right? Uh-huh. Suspension, brakes, ride control, collision, all those things are the same. So in our world, 90% of the parts we sell can be can go on all vehicles. That 10% is really engine and fuel. Wow. Because we're so big in collision. Yeah, of that 10%, right? Because it's going to be sort of a new thing for most of us. You know, we're thinking about, you know, changing our Fiat belt, you know, accessory drive belts. We're thinking about, you know, water pumps leak, all these kind of things from, you know, our gasoline world, fuel, fuel pumps, fuel filters, et cetera. So in the electric space, and we probably don't have enough years to, to know for sure, but what are you expecting is, you know, kind of high change parts, high wear parts? Because uh, electric motor and driveline are so much more simple than, than you know, traditional gas or, or diesel engine. You know, we, we sell electric um, uh, uh, replacement full battery systems on our EV websites. Um, so the hybrid systems as well as far as far as full electric systems for, you know, as a replacement product. Um so when you look at that system in replacement, um, you know, that's that's a job. It's not easy. You know, it's it's also a dangerous job, but it can be done. And we do sell the parts and we actually you know, do very well with that. The 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 truth is that the, the high wear items in electric vehicle, um, uh, 
it's the same high wear items that you currently drive in. It's the brakes, it's your windshield wipers, it's the suspension. You know, you, you, how many times a day do you hear somebody go, hey, my mass airflow sensor went out, man. You know, I can't get to the shop this weekend. A lot of those sensors and electronic items that are connected to the engine and, the, you know, in the exhaust, like oxygen sensors, those are the things that are clicking off the, you know, the, the, the Christmas tree in your car and you go to the shop and you don't know what the heck it is. Um, the reality is an electric car, it's, it's, it might be a little bit easier if you remove the complexity of the engine for a DIY consumer to, you know, change a set of brakes or do some of those jobs because that process is no different. They're just scared right now because the average cost of electric car is above the threshold for somebody to do their own job, except maybe a windshield wiper or even a cabin air filter, right? Tesla has the best one out there. Everybody has a cabin air filter. You know, theirs is a HEPA filter. I think it says it can, you know, uh, uh, be able to go through like a biohazard war. So, you know I mean? Huh. But, <laughs> but these things are replacement parts. People buy them and, and you know, we're, we're going to stay focused not only on, you know, the future of EV hybrids and so on from a, from a product position, especially in not only the collision, but the rest of the, you know, uh, 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 replaceable items that wear down like brakes and so on. But I think on the ice items and as technology goes on, I think we're pretty well positioned there um, that we can, you know, we can service both customers, but we did believe that that EV hybrid customer needed that, that, you know, that, that environment that was more focused towards them where all the ice things weren't really in the way, you know? Sure. Yeah. Cause that's a wow. new space and you want to, you know, you want, you're trying to navigate it probably for the first times and to be able to get right to where you need to be and, and have it focused. Yeah. And, and we also gives us a little bit uh, of extra opportunities, too. There's all kinds of things in the future coming out from a technology point of view uh, for EVs and hybrids. I mean, I think you guys will see very soon where the, the charging at home system over the next few years will become extremely competitive at price. As you have more charging, those systems will become affordable solar systems to charge at home. Same thing with your, you know, with a cell phone, right? I mean, the first cell phone I bought was like $1,400 and, you know, it was as big as a golf bag. Um, so <laughs> eventually that'll happen with us too as time goes on, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, stuff. man. God, we're, uh, unfortunately, we're, we're out of time, but we know exactly where to find you. Uh, we'll have to have you back on because logistics is such a crucial, critical part of. You know, the behind the scenes stuff, people probably don't put as much thought into it as they should. But you're, yeah, you're a man of many talents when it comes to that. You don't think about it until you can't get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you, you don't know? understand so, why. Yeah, you can't think about it until you're buying toilet paper. Then everybody's a supply chain expert. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, look, obviously, we know where to find you, carparts.com. Um, man, and hey, we thank you on a side note just for being a great partner for our show and our podcast. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Carparts.com. Simple, easy. Uh, and again, thanks to our guest, Dave Morris. Carparts.com. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Do not forget about our TV show, Aaron Weekends, on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also, now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website because, you know, we've got one too. TwoGuysGarage.com. We've got tons of great content on there. And we're on social everywhere Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. The Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted. 2021 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. There you go, man. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for your time, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Man, fascinating going behind the curtain. Wow. Like, we just thought it was a big warehouse. And we didn't, and we didn't get complicated, so that was good. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there you go, man. An inside look from behind the curtain. We'll catch you all in the next Two Guys Garage podcast. We'll see you guys. 
Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.